Hi, you're about to get smarter in just a few minutes with Curiosity Daily from Curiosity.com. I'm Cody Goff. And I'm Ashley Hamer. Today, you learn about the mystery of how Tibetan monks seem to keep meditating after death and a woolly mammoth that walked far enough to circle the earth twice. Let's satisfy some curiosity. Tibetan monks seem to have a strange superpower. They can continue meditating after death. And scientists want to find out what's going on. One of those scientists is Richard Davidson. In 2014, he saw something truly remarkable. The body of his friend, a Tibetan monk named Geshe Lundub Sopa, five days after his death. The monk's body looked pretty good. And that's unusual because a corpse normally starts to decay just one day after death. Davidson is a professor of psychology and psychiatry, and the experience inspired him to launch a huge research project into the Tibetan Buddhist practice of meditation after death. Davidson and his collaborators have just published their first paper, and it suggests that the mystery won't be easy to solve. In the eyes of his fellow believers, the deceased Sopa was in a meditative state called Tukdam, or clear light. There are some reports of Tukdam lasting for hundreds of years, but it typically lasts a couple of weeks. Tibetan monks say that during Tukdam, the mind slowly dissipates and flows into a universal consciousness. Sopa's body began to decay normally after about seven days, at which point it was cremated. Davidson and his team are using modern scientific instruments and methods to study this unusual meditative state. The endeavor is called the Tukdam Project, and it's sponsored by Center for Healthy Minds at the University of Wisconsin-Madison. In the first study, researchers wanted to use EEG to monitor the brains of monks for more than a day after each of the monks had died. But it can be tricky to find research participants for this kind of work. It's not because of tensions between science and religion. In fact, the Dalai Lama has been calling for this kind of research for 20 years. Instead, it's a problem of modesty and social custom. Tukdam is seen as a massive spiritual achievement, and many believers are reluctant to tell researchers or anyone else that they hope to enter the special meditation at the end of their lives. But the researchers did find 13 monks to participate in the study. What they discovered was a bit underwhelming. There was no post-mortem brain activity detected in any of the participants. It might seem like there's no sense in pursuing the question further, but the researchers say this is just the beginning. They say this first study, quote-unquote, ruled out the brain. Future studies will look elsewhere in and around the body for whatever it is that causes the slowdown in decomposition. The scientists will soon be joined by a new group of researchers. Several Tibetan monks have been training at Emory University in Atlanta. They'll be working in their own communities to study the phenomenon themselves. The next phase of the project will examine how bodies decompose in various climates in India. As the Dalai Lama has said, quote, What science finds to be non-existent, we should all accept as non-existent. But, what science merely does not find is a completely different matter, unquote. To be fair to the Dalai Lama, you can't prove a negative, but I get the sentiment. 
It's hard enough to study the behavior of a living animal. So studying one that died out 4,000 years ago, like woolly mammoths did, that's a real challenge. Scientists know that woolly mammoths would spend their lives traveling the tundra in search of food, but not how far those travels took them. Until recently. New evidence suggests that one mammoth walked far enough in its lifetime that it could have circled the globe twice. Many mammoths that died during the Pleistocene era were well-preserved by glacial ice. As glaciers defrost, more and more of these well-preserved specimens become available for study. But those specimens are limited, so there are still many things we don't know about how these animals lived. Fortunately, scientists have some pretty ingenious ways of coaxing secrets from the remains that they do have. In a recent study, paleontologists were able to analyze a mammoth tusk that stretched a whopping five and a half feet or 1.7 meters long. To help illustrate, that is one Halle Berry. Mammoth tusks contain growth rings, just like trees do. And by counting them, scientists can determine how old the mammoth was when it died. This one in particular was 28, which might explain the catwoman-sized tusks. But age isn't all scientists can learn from the growth rings. By analyzing radioactive isotopes within the rings, they can determine where that ring grew. As the mammoth grazed, it would incorporate chemical elements from its food into its tusks, and those elements changed from place to place. Specifically, scientists looked for strontium-87. That's a rare isotope of strontium with a half-life of 49 million years. The rocks and soil in different locations have different amounts of it, and those same ratios end up in the plants that grow in that soil. For that reason, you can think of ratios of strontium isotopes as a geographic fingerprint or GPS coordinates. By taking measurements of strontium and other isotopes from rings in the tusk, the researchers discovered this mammoth's travel blog. And travel it did. From the tusk, researchers were able to map out a nearly 50,000-mile journey throughout Alaska. The mammoth spent its early years in the Yukon River Basin in Alaska's interior. At two years old, it moved north and began roaming a large territory southeast of the Brooks Range Mountains, a mountain range that stretches across the north of Alaska. And that was probably with a herd. At 16, it began roaming a larger range, probably alone as a bull, and it spent its final years in the far north of Alaska on the northern slope of the Brooks Range, where it eventually died and its body was hidden under the ice. That's a long way to walk. You would walk 500 miles? Try 50,000. The Proclaimers have nothing on this mammoth. I feel like we just walked 500 miles. So let's walk 500 more by recapping what we learned today. Well, we learned that there are Tibetan monks that are believed to continue meditating after death. The practice is called Tukdam, and scientists have recently started looking into it. A team from what's called the Tukdam Project recently used EEG to scan the brains of 13 monks as they meditated after death, and they didn't see any activity. But these scientists say that's just the beginning. I feel like... It's very relatable that nobody wanted to let the scientists watch them do Tukdam because it's like such a huge achievement. Kind of feels like scientists being like, hey, um, can I watch you become a movie star? And you're like, well, I, I mean, I, it's kind of embarrassing that I want to 
don't tell people that's that was that's my big goal i mean it's kind of what if i what if i don't do it you know i don't know makes sense to me i mean if you want to be a movie star i would imagine you just want attention (laughs) (laughs) sure okay fair (laughs) what about what about okay what if a scientist's like oh can i watch you cure cancer i'm like well i might i might not cure cancer like it's i want to cure cancer it's a it's really hard to do and i'm not sure i'm gonna be able to do it maybe that there you go (laughs) anyway i think this study is awesome and i'm very much looking forward to more research and you can check back on this podcast because i'm gonna be following it and i just want to know what's up we'll see we also learned that scientists were able to analyze a woolly mammoth tusk to track everywhere it had been Turns out woolly mammoth tusks are basically ancient Fitbits. And it turned out that the mammoth walked 50,000 miles in its lifetime. Researchers did this by tracking the ratios of strontium isotopes in the tusk, since the soil of different locations have different strontium ratios, and those ratios end up in the plants which woolly mammoths eat. Pretty ingenious stuff. Not only are there rings, but it's like the different parts of the tusk, like the very tip of the tusk is the oldest part. And the part of the tusk that's closest to its mouth is the newest part. And so they just they just read it like a map. I just think that's so cool. Really neat how we can uncover mysteries like this. Well, that sure is a mammoth journey. More like Snuffle Hike, I guess. Was he a woolly mammoth? Was Snuffle up, I guess, a woolly mammoth? You know, I'm, I'm going to say yes. I'm going to say yes. <laughs> <laughs> was, I'm Googling it, was Snuffle up, I guess, a woolly mammoth? Um, oh, he's a, he's a, he's a puppet. <laughs> I guess he's a puppet, not a woolly mammoth. Of course mammoth. he's a puppet, Cody. Sure. <laughs> no, I really, I really thought he might have been a woolly mammoth, but it turns out he was actually a pup, a muppet, technically. I think, but oh, yes, yeah. that is technically what he is. Not a real, but he. Let's just, in my heart, he is a woolly mammoth muppet. <laughs> Case closed. Okay. Let's move on. That's fine. Today's writers were Grant Curran and Cameron Duke. Our managing editor is Ashley Hamer. Our producer and audio editor is Cody Goff. You don't have to walk fifty thousand miles to find us. You can just open up your podcast app or go to curiositydaily.com. Whatever. It's not hard to find us. Just join us again tomorrow to learn something new in just a few minutes. And until then, stay curious. <laughs>